Hey, hello everyone. Welcome. Hello. Yes, hello. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Shit I Don't Like with Ray and Friends. So I would just say the inspiration behind this show is just being fed up with societal issues, racism, sexism, elitism, all the isms pretty much. Yeah, they all need to go, all the isms. We all just need to keep it real. But I'm also... Um, I don't like the climate that we're living in. I feel like now you're not able to freely speak or disagree with people without people taking it as a personal attack and does not that hold you back. It, it doesn't. I say oh, whatever I, was I want. Say that. <laughs> but I use it as an opportunity. <laughs> I'm all about educating people. I'm not about like going on rants because I mean I do rant <laughs> but there's always a method to my rants uh-huh. so I feel yeah. like this show exactly yeah. this show is just to talk about topical issues and make it in sort of a fun light-hearted environment so you can learn something maybe teach other people each one teach one over here <laughs> And we can advance things. It's one thing to complain about things. It's one thing to point out injustices and try to help move things forward. So that's what I'm about. And today we're going to talk about um, the Emmys. So the Emmys was Sunday. Great. I don't really watch award shows, so fuck that. I I, I knew because it was in my timeline on Instagram. But, you know, congrats, props to all the people that won. I like Master of None and Atlanta won, which are shows that I really like. So Mm -hmm. shout out to Aziz and Donald Glover. Yes, Lena. Actually, speaking of that episode, I like forced my mom to watch that episode because it reminded me exactly of my family and my cousin who is a lesbian. And it was like the exact, like my family. I'm like, Queen, you need to watch this. (laughs) (laughs) So, me and my mom, my brother, we all watch it. It was very comedy. So, Aziz gained two new fans. Nice, nice. Doing your part. Exactly. So, what I want to talk about was Issa Ray. Fabulous writer, producer, actress, star of the hit show Insecure, which we love around here. Mm-hmm. And people were upset, offended, calling her a racist because she was asked the question, you know, who are you rooting for? And she said, I, I want all the black people to win. Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um, everybody black. I am. I thought that was comedy. (laughs) (laughs) If you even watched her say it, then laugh. Exactly. But a lot of it was funny. Like some, uh, I follow a lot of Instagram accounts, so that's how I saw that video. Like I said, I don't. I don't watch that show. So the accounts that were posted, I guess, by for black audiences, I don't know. All the comments were like, "Yes." But the original one I saw was on Complex, which is, if you guys don't know, it's like a hip-hop magazine, which you would think, since it's based upon, you know, a culture that was started by African-Americans, yes, but most of the comments were like, that's so racist, imagine if a white man said this, angry, just like, angry people, so... 
I wanted to explain why that's not racist, and I have uh, my fabulous co-workers and friends here with me, Mo and Dina, as a guest today to give their spin on it. So, Mo, what do you have to say? Um, I Well, it's hard uh, for listeners. Uh, I'm a white person. Yes. And <laughs> when Ray asked me to do this, I thought of... This scene in Parks and Recreation where Amy Poehler's character says to someone else, you should shut up more than you do. Um, (laughs) Like, grammar, stuff aside, she was drunk. But, like, that's generally how I feel about white people. (laughs) And so, like, (laughs) I feel a little weird being the first one that has to respond to this first. But, uh, uh, this is so hard. Let the white brothers and sisters know. (laughs) It's just yeah, it's just a gif I want to like wear around my neck always, um, in meetings and stuff. Um, (laughs) I hope our coworkers don't listen to this. Um, (laughs) No, um, my initial reaction was just uh, like the people who are angry are the people who are like criticizing people like us for being snowflakes, exactly, and like railing about the idea of having safe spaces. And how that's, like, invalid. And they can't even stand a person saying, I support my community. Exactly. Like, I just want people in my community to succeed. Exactly. Where they have not really previously been given, like, due acknowledgments and stuff. So just, like, so ge- like general rage. But, like, I oh, I didn't even know that this had happened because I wasn't on social media, like, during the workday. And then Dina was like, oh, look at this thing Ray sent us. And I was like... Wait, people got mad? Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, Agreed. I'm sorry. On <laughs> behalf of... The whites. The, the, just the whites. <laughs> yeah. The whites. Yeah. Agreed. Because, you know, in my opinion, like Mo said, you're just supporting your community. Yeah. There's numerous groups that support disenfranchised community communities. There's GLAD, for instance, that helps you know lgbtq people there's the adl the anti-defamation league which supports you know jewish people and fights against anti-semitism but i feel like in america whenever a black person wants to make something for them we're accused of being terrorists or (laughs) racist you see how people relax to the black lives matter movement Mm -hmm. when we had the black panther movement in the 60s -hmm. it's the same thing they were classified as a like a terrorist organization the CIA was investigating the Black Panthers. Right. And even today, you still have this misconception that they were some horrible people when they were, like, like, feeding feed. children. Yes, yeah, exactly. They were just trying to feed yeah. hungry school kids. Exactly. So, Ugh. Dina, what's your take? I think uh, there's a piece that I can't remember where I read, but how uh, it was really interesting. It actually might have been – I think it might have been – written by a professor of some sort. But people then always come back in these situations and say, why can't, like, if a white person ever said they wanted their group to succeed or what have you. The thing is, actually, white people say that all the time. It's like, if you want, like, you can have Italian pride. You can have Irish pride. You're like, I go for this group because, look, I want to see Italians succeed. I want to see Irish people succeed. I want to see Swedes succeed. People talk about those things all the time. All of those groups are considered white. So for black people, our identifier is our race, especially in this country, because we don't have a a lot of people in this country don't have a heritage to go back to a country to identify because 
many African Americans here, um, not considering people who are from immigrant communities yeah. pre pre um, predominantly, but were brought here against their will. Exactly. They no longer have a country to say, this is mine, to refer Agreed. back to and, and celebrate that culture or heritage of. Mm -hmm. So you do that by celebrating black culture in America. You're 100% right. I think that's really unique to African-American identity. Like you said, that we don't have, a, a lot of people don't have a cultural tide. I remember, this is funny, I remember in seventh grade, we had to write a paper on like our family history. And, like, I went to a school that was predominantly white people, some Asians. So most of them, they knew where they were from. They were all excited. And I'm like, oh, uh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I literally, I went home. I'm like, Mom, I have to write this paper. Where are we from? She's like, okay, well, um, your grandpa was a Creole. He's from uh, Louisiana. And you have some, you know, Creole, which is a mix of Indian, Native American, you know, black, white people. My uh, grandma's from the South. And I was like, well, I know that, but like, what country are our family is from? Like, I have to write a paper about this. And she's like, I don't know. And no one knew. I asked yeah, my yeah, grandma, yeah. asked these people, no one knew. So I think that's very important that I think white people they feel some type of way because if they say white pride, that's. Mm -hmm likened to being racist but in america we don't have we can't say oh uh senegalese pride y'all like, i don't know where i'm from so i like the only thing i can be proud of is being black and i feel like especially black people in our culture in america we have been sort of taught historically not to be proud of ourselves and be beaten down it's only in recent years that being black is okay to be honest yeah. and well, so really what's fucked up is that like you're taught not to be proud but at the same time white people consistently steal everything from you yes. and are like they like <laughs> lift it up as like this is cool or this has value like not when you guys do it but like, when we do it so it's like rock and roll and jazz and hip-hop and so many things and it's like we're going to take this thing from you and, like, appropriate it. Yes, I said that word. You yes. should if you have a problem with it. <laughs> but, like, that that's, is so ass-backwards that those things don't line up. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so it's, like, we're constantly, like, lifting up, you know, whatever, like, the new thing is that day. But telling, you like, black, like the black community, like, no, you can't be excited about this. Exactly. And even... Like, I feel like, like you said, white people always want to say, well, if a white person said this, so I take it the opposite way. I felt like if a woman, if Tina Fey had been at the wards and she said, you know what, I want all my ladies to win, mm -hmm. everyone would have been like, yes, girl, yes. girl power, <laughs> fucking Beyonce would have played in the background, <laughs> everyone would have been stoked and yeah, yeah. giving her props. If someone would sa said, you know what, I want to see all, you know, my LGBTQ people to win mm -hmm. because we're underrepresented, people yeah. would have mm -hmm. applauded that. Mm -hmm. So why can't a black lady say, I want the, and you like there was three fucking black people nominated <laughs> I think, like it wasn't like that many people so i want one of the three to win yeah, <laughs> it was such absolutely. a big deal but yeah. i think it's also goes back to the country still refusing to admit that it has a race problem yeah people are willing to admit that there is a, an issue where people 
that are in the LGBTQIA community are not representative, mm -hmm. are not represented, and all of these things are happening to that community. People see that women are underrepresented, are and there's a pay gap and all of those things. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to race, and I think this is not just unique to the black community, I think this happens to the Latino community and other communities, people refuse to say that there's an issue because mm -hmm. it means they're doing something wrong. Yeah as a group and they feel uncomfortable with it and don't want to have to look within themselves mm -hmm. to see how they're implicit in the whole system. Yeah. And I think it speaks to something intrinsic that people are just, there's this fear based on like what we've done to underrepresented racial communities, mm -hmm. specifically whether it's Native American or Latino or black or what have you, that people just refuse to look at history. Mm -hmm. yeah. History is something that people cannot acknowledge in this country, which is so fascinating when you juxtapose that to Germany and how they are well-versed in their history yeah. and communicate it to all individuals to make yeah. sure everyone remembers what happened. Mm -hmm. Here, we want to pretend like it didn't happen. And I but think also that's like them protecting problem. the Confederate flag. Yeah. Like, white fragility is such a, like, complex, like, web of so many things. And it's like, because it's like acknowledging that there's a there is a race problem is also like taking ownership of responsibility and people are just lazy and don't like what's crazy to me is like the amount of emotional labor women in general do but like we're cool to do that just for like the shitty men in our lives we can't do that for like entire communities of people who need it mm. like more than fuck boys or whatever so it's like we're expect like we have take like a lot of women have taken on that responsibility to like be maternal figures or whatever to friends or family or whomever but it's only in like on like a woman level not on like a race level and what just come on just it's so disappointing that more people aren't like white guilt is so like people are afraid of being like yeah. I didn't well like that whole thing yeah, like, they always say, well, I slaves. didn't own slaves <laughs> <Fuck up>. like, <laughs> Like, I think divorcing guilt and, and privilege is really difficult for a lot of white people. Mm. But I think that's, like, an important step because, like, you don't need to feel guilty about where you're at. You just need to, like, own it. And, like, you, like, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and, like, I'm not saying all white people are Spider-Man because <laughs> that would be that's, cool. That's great. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine? <laughs> just the egos that go like that. <laughs> like, there's already so much under the ego. But, like... It's just, it's endless. Like, people can't just say, like, yeah, I have this, but that doesn't mean I'm, like, just, oh, my God. It's so frustrating. I think it's interesting because I think this is a James Baldwin quote. I might be wrong, so don't hey, be white mad. listeners, Google <laughs> Yes. It's very but he basically said that America history is like of innocence and denial or something to that effect mm -hmm. where we have this myth that you know all men are cre created equal and that everyone here can have an opportunity juxtaposed with the reality that's not true like this country mm -hmm. was founded upon genocide yeah. of natives and slavery and even poor people were not welcome here <laughs> like if you weren't a wealthy white landowner you had no power so poor white people you're screwed too yeah. and i feel like we've had a history of this and so a lot of the problem like dina said i feel like people 
they think history happened in the past, so they were over it. Whenever I talk to angry white people, they're always like, oh, well, you weren't a slave. You None of this can happen to you, happen to you, but it's in the DNA of this country. And it wasn't that long ago. Like, the Civil Rights Act passed in the 60s. Mm-hmm. You realize that's not that long ago. Like, my grandma has told me a story where she saw someone be tarred and feathered like there's people alive that have seen this there's people alive that you know couldn't marry out of their race before there's people alive that couldn't vote that were denied employment denied opportunities couldn't go to school so for you to think that just in a few decades like everything will be washed away is incredibly stupid like I feel like people are always like oh it's 2017 I can't believe this happening (laughs) like I I think the big thing also is that people forget that history has replicated itself before so why do we think that we've evolved as a people so much where it wouldn't if you don't keep fight rights don't just happen and then stay you have to keep fighting for them eternally Mm -hmm. and so to say that if i don't speak truth to power now then what if and that history is erased and people's recognition is erased it could happen again Mm -hmm. the fact that the holocaust happened is insane we should have people should have known to not discriminate against people in that way to not try to exterminate an entire group of people but they did and people sat in silence and watched it happen all of the people who are alive who are potentially people's grandparents who sat in their countries and didn't do anything before the war started are implicit that's the reality of the world everyone who allows things to happen now we're all implicit if we don't speak up and to say that it it can't replicate itself is to negate what we've already seen mm-hmm. and it's just a simple fact that genocides happened before that and they, they have happened had, today they're still happening yeah, like Myanmar and stuff like there's yeah. like we clearly did not learn a lesson from that but also like okay not well this is pretty on brand that i keep quoting movies and tv but in the usual suspects <laughs> personal brand <laughs> like i speak more in quotes than anything else but um kevin spacey's character is like the greatest trick the devil ever played on people mm. was convincing that pe- people that he didn't yeah, exist like true. and that's what's happening about like that's what is true of racism is like we're just pretending it's not real and so then it just like spreads far and wide and it just has like these roots that are like if you look at maps of like hate groups it's not all Birmingham and all that stuff it's like Chicago and LA and Portland and San Francisco like there it's everywhere and so like just turning a blind eye to that stuff is the most dangerous thing that can happen like and yeah, I'm also um, Brian Stevenson was talking about to go back to other countries like owning up to and like being really forthright with their histories. Um, if you don't know Brian Stevenson, you should look him up. Um, he's a human rights lawyer. I, I, he has done a lot of work um, regarding the the death penalty, and um, he was talking like he's traveled all over the world and like in Europe and Africa and just all over and place every place that he has gone to that like has such major atrocities like the Holocaust, their communities and their people and their governments all keep that stuff at the forefront. Like they're in Germany there are monuments to the Holocaust, but it's not to Hitler. Hitler. It's yeah. like And I thought the kids don't they have to go to the 
the hall. Yeah, yeah, they have to go to the concentration camps and see what yeah. happens. And I, we, yeah, and we do so much to, to pretend like hide it and to yet. forget about it, and it's mind boggling. I read in a few years ago that in Texas they were changing the the textbooks to not mention slaves to call them servants or or, yeah 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 Yeah, immigrants something i was like yeah what and like that's like language matters so much yes and it has been so shit on clearly with like who's in the white house now like words matter so so much and what kids absorb things more than we think they do Mm -hmm. and like that's how i um was listening to another podcast where they were talking about, um, I think it might have been Code Switch, I'm not sure, but um, talking about how having Obama in the in the White House for eight years made people complacent, and people didn't talk about race issues as much, and so that may have it was like there's not like a study or whatever, but they were talking about how that probably had an influence on creating this younger generation of like these young men that we saw pictured in like Charlottesville and stuff. And it's like oh, the, the race conversation was people put it to bed for a minute. Cause they thought we had like transcended racism cause we elected a black oh, president. So and so stupid. people, yeah, <laughs> people avoided having hard conversations cause they thought we fixed it. Mm-hmm. And so that like bred this whole new generation. Cause we think we always think of like old, old people. disgusting, yeah. all those awful men. tortures were like yeah. youth. Yeah, exactly. And so just like it's that goes back to Dina's point about needing to have these conversations and being vigilant. Um constant vigilance, Harry Potter. Okay. Um <laughs> sorry. Uh but just it's so important to keep these conversations like top of mind so people don't get complacent and forget yeah. where we've come from. And I think she both of your points, we also did a disser- we do a disservice to kids when we teach them history, and I think that's true of across this country because we end the experience of what happened at slavery and then pick it up again at civil rights and say, and pretend like reconstruction didn't happen. And that people are like, Oh yeah, they were free. And then they had rights. (laughs) Like, That's not how that works on these two sections of of history. So what do you think was happening between that time? So people don't, understand the lynchings yeah the, like the murder the rape all yeah. of that stuff or even that, the lack of economic opportunity yeah. after you're free in some ways a lot of people had it worse because mm-hmm. now you can't read you can't do anything and yeah. now you're expected to just live right yeah so exactly exactly so a lot of people you know had to be sharecroppers which in Mm -hmm. many cases was worse than slavery because now you have to pay for your own food but still live on the land and be a a slave essentially but now you have to pay to be a slave exactly (laughs) and so all of that history people just say they erase and they assume that everything oh it's a clear slate and it's not and so by not ever reflecting on everything else that happened, slavery didn't exist in a vacuum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people are, t- I feel like, have you seen those videos of pe- like people taking down Confederate monuments? Mm-hmm. And it looks like they were made out of tinfoil. And people are like, <laughs> why are these like amazing monuments to these like incredible people? But what most it? people... And it's because they were put up during Jim Crow to exactly. like, reinforce white dominance and white supremacy exactly. and like, like continue to sow fear in the black community and just being like, oh, hey, just remember, like, 
Remember what happened? Like, exactly. Like, I think that's a great point that most were put up during that era. Yeah. It's not like they were built 300 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> they were exactly. put up to remind you yeah. that... No. Of your place, quote-unquote. And I think to go back to like the original piece on Issa Rae, the thing is, we... It's not like we want to celebrate this stuff. We don't want to have to keep celebrating first. Yes. Yeah. That's not the goal of yes. black and brown people. Yes. But we have to because yeah. we're in 2017. You should be more upset. All of these people have something to say. Should be more upset that this is the first time a yeah. black woman yeah. won a comedic writing yeah. situation. Yeah. It, you should yeah. be upset it's the first time a Southeast Asian person won for that role. Man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so all of those things, yeah. like, you should be upset that we're still celebrating yeah. first. <laughs> yeah. Because that means things haven't changed. Exactly. Yes. So last weekend there was this brunch thing for the National Women's History Museum, which is amazing. Go look it up and give them your money. Um, and Carrie Washington was one of the honorees. And the woman interviewing her was like, you're the first African-American woman <laughs> to headline, or whatever the word was, um, like a network drama or what like you know <laughs> yeah. whatever and people clapped and, and Carrie was like I feel a little weird about those claps because like on the one hand thank you but also like I'm paraphrasing Carrie Washington has, is more classy than I am but like it's bullshit that I'm the first person to like reach that le- like exactly cross that threshold like what the fuck exactly we don't want to be applauded and I feel like the same happened I think it was the Olympics uh, the last Olympics with Gabby Douglas, oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. yeah, and they, she was the first like win all the me- not the first obviously black people we got the jumps we yeah. <laughs> were popping gymnasts <laughs> but she was like <laughs> the, the first to like win some medal I don't yeah, know yeah. and they were asking like aren't you excited she's like honestly like I just do my craft like right. I feel like any sort of disenfranchised person has to be the representative of every. Yeah. <laughs> It just erases, like, individualism from every situation when you're, like, I'm just, like, trying to be the best Gabby that I can be when everyone else is, like, but, so, we're talking to black Gabby today, and it's, like, it has to be, it's, like, a qualifier to everything that any achievement someone could, like, reach. It's just, like, like, it's, it's like, what's the word? It's just, like, well, in spite of your blackness. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, yeah. Um, what? You know what's fucked about that, too, though, is that, like, in that statement, though, they are tacitly admitting to the fact that you like there There's is systemic problem, racism yeah. that has put you way behind the eight ball and given everyone like a leg up. So sorry, that's a lot of mixed metaphors. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like being like, wow, like in spite of your struggles, like can you elaborate on struggles? Well, you're black. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. So we're on like- the same page. Like. <laughs> It, people like qualify that all the time, but then can't be like, yeah, we have a race problem in America. Yeah. Like it's like the cognitive dissonance is yeah. staggering. America like, all needs some like pills. <laughs> we all need shock therapy. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, but even how you brought up the Obama point, I was listening to Malcolm Gladwell's uh, podcast called Revisionist History, and he was saying that although people think that, um, you know, you make progress if you let a woman in, if you let a minority in, whatever, that that makes progress historically speaking that's not actually the case and he went through historical examples about 
um, this woman, I, don't, I feel pissed because I can't remember her name, but <laughs> it was Elizabeth Goodman, I think that was her name. Mm-hmm. She was a painter um, in the Victorian era, and basically during that time, the Royal Art Academy controlled all the paintings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is before TV, so paintings were like the shit to <laughs> look at, I guess. They still are. They still are. Yeah, yeah, they all right. <laughs> Now paintings You're are not cool. Going to the road. Come on. I, I'm more of a art history. I love the Natural History Museum. I love the Met paintings. You know they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is nothing like a Renaissance piece. Okay. Me. Anyway, back okay. to my point. <laughs> I'm more of a pretty sculpture girl myself. The the woman she. Her painting was hung at the the National Art Show, which is a really big deal because she was not a member of the Royal Academy. She was a woman, and they let her in, they let her hang the painting. But just because she hanged the painting, she was not a member of the Academy. Mm-hmm. So when they voted to make her a member, she lost by two votes. She wasn't deterred. She's like, okay, I'll just do it next year. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm getting famous. They still didn't let her in. And their reasoning was some bullshit, you know, man reason. Like, well, you know, like, um, I'm British now because they're in England. (laughs) You know, like, we have no protocol for having a woman into the salon. So, Mm -hmm. like, what would we do? We don't know, so she can't get in. (laughs) Like, that was a reason. And they they didn't add any more women in. And and they could pretend that, oh, you know, we're progressive because we let one woman in. But it's just blatant tokenism. So, you let one in and then you don't have to do anything for the rest of them because you're like oh we're not we aren't sexist we let that one woman hang her painting that one time (laughs) so you know we're cool and i feel like that's exactly like we're not that's what people always like to say like oh we're not racist like obama was elected so now we can do all this other fucked up shit because we've already proven we're not racist one time. Yeah. And he gave other historical examples like in Australia when they elected the first prime minister, a female prime minister, and she was just subject to blatant misogyny mm-hmm. and hor- horrid things. But, you know, after she lost, the, the guy who won after her was some horrible person that like she had literally like lambasted in par- parliament for being an asshole but this asshole's the one yeah it's like trump <laughs> but like we can it's it's like you take one step forward 10 steps back yeah. because you've already proven your your merit you let right. one in so now we don't have to let any more in it's like people think that it like sets everything back to zero and they can just like start racking up all the bullshit <laughs> yeah. again like oh but guys but like guess what we like erased racism because we elected the black yeah. guy so now we can like just <laughs> ramp it up exactly. really do it all over again quick question this is a side comment but like okay <laughs> here's a peek into my brain so <laughs> when you like hear about or read about like societies or whatever it's like where it's like all male groups and they're like i don't know we don't want to like let women in because what would that do do you not just like immediately be like, y'all are like fucking each other though, right? <laughs> like, I have no words. They could be. They, like, they don't want to. They're just trying to keep everything on the DL so bad. Grand it's a theory from Mo. It's a possibility. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
<laughs> Could be. They won't let us in, so we don't know. We, don't we can't see really what they're up party. to. <laughs> but we had a, a great discussion. I feel like the first episode, uh, success. Yay, yeah. success. Good times. Yeah. Okay, so some upcoming topics are going to address capitalism, why Ooh. it's trash. <laughs> Wait, did this episode have a subtitle? Or a semi I think uh, I'm going to call it Hella Racist. Ooh. <laughs> homage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, got it, got it. I, exactly. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, Sorry. you know, to the listeners, if you guys want to leave some comments, if you guys have any suggestions, um, I like to do a recommended reading at the end of every episode. I think when we talk about race, it's it's great to talk from a societal standpoint but i think we need to talk about the origins of race theory to really get down to racism and to understand why it started how it started and how it affects people so a great book i recommend is called the leopard spots that's the leopard spots scientific attitudes about race in america written by william stanton not to be confused with the leopard spots written by Thomas Dixon, who was like a super racist person who also made Birth of a Nation, which you haven't, if you haven't heard of it, it's a book later turned into a movie that basically led to the KKK reviving itself in the 1920s, which, you know, it's also considered like a great historical film fucked up, but like, you know, you should watch it because... (laughs) I feel like to be fully informed, you have to know everyone's thoughts. I feel like we live in a sort of vacuum society, especially now with things like Facebook feeds that you're sort of just filtered information that you want to hear. But in my opinion, you can't be fully knowledgeable and even know how to tackle problems if you don't know what the opposition is thinking. So you can watch that fucked up movie, but read The Leopard Spots, written by William Stanton. It's not easy reading, I will say. It's it's, it's a short book, but it, it's dry, but very important to read. And also, Race as a Social Construct documentary on PBS. Check it out. Do you guys have any uh, things you'd like to recommend? James Baldwin was mm-hmm. mentioned yes. with on that same vein. Ta-Nehisi Coates is yeah. always a great read, whether you read his articles in The Atlantic mm-hmm. or his book. Um, he also has lots of great reading lists about everything from housing discrimination um, to land rights and all different types of pieces that I think are really important for people to understand how racism is implicit in policy yeah. and enshrined in U.S. law mm-hmm. to get a real sense of what people are going through. Yeah. Wonderful. He also has a new book out. It has something, it's something about eight years in office or something. Mm-hmm. A um, new article. Oh, I thought it was a, I thought it was, a, there, no, so the, the, um, oop, not your story. Oh, follow Trayvon Free. That's not about reading, but um, we were eight years in power in American tragedy. Mm. Um, Damn. Yeah. Anyway, um, I would also recommend the 13th because it makes that connection between, like Dina was saying, like it goes, our history books go from slavery to civil rights and it really shows just it like how modern slavery or yeah. The prison industrial complex is basically modern slavery. I highly recommend it. So true. 
stay woke listeners. <laughs> stay woke. And also, self-care is important in yeah. these trying times. Yeah. So Keep go yourself. to the spa, girl. Or dude. No, you know, <laughs> become one with yourself. Just remember, when you have to take a step back, yeah. sometimes you just have to refresh in order to be able to fight all Fight the, the power. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Also, white people do better. <laughs> That's from a white, so don't leave me angry comments. (laughs) Bye.